Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ Amen You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name. He has power over life and death. Every knee will bow and tongue confess. Heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father will you bow. He can save you from the might of all your sin This is the fight in which He stands In perfect victory While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come Shelter from the coming storm While you have breath 
have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter From the coming storm He's the only shelter From the coming storm Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. It is of vital importance for you to know who Jesus Christ is. Hebrews, the first chapter, begins to tell us exactly who Jesus Christ is and was. I'm going to read a portion of this, stopping and talking with you about it as I go. But I want you to hear the actual words of Scripture. You know, words have meaning. When you say something, it should mean something. When the scripture says something, it means something. God does not lie. You don't get to pick and choose what you believe and what you don't believe. If the word says it, I believe it. Because God is not a liar. He always speaks the truth, and it's a joyous truth. It's not a a down message. It's a very powerful up message. So it really doesn't matter how you feel when you hear these words, because God doesn't change his truth based on how you feel about them. Oh, I don't feel like Jesus is God. Oh, okay. You don't think Jesus is God. Were you there when they created the world? Are your words so powerful that you can speak your word and the universe can be formed? No, God's word is the powerful word. Chapter 1, verse 1, book of Hebrews, this chapter tells us who Jesus Christ is. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, 
whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. If you'll remember yesterday, I spoke to you about the book of Colossians, where it tells us that Jesus created all things. Now, part of the confusion is Jesus present, or is he speaking before he was Jesus? Jesus was pre-existent. There has never been a time when Jesus did not exist, but he was not called Jesus. Notice as I go on. And he had provided purification for sins. Jesus provided the purification for all of your sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. That is, post-crucifixion and resurrection. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son. Today I have become your father. When did that happen? When Jesus was born at Bethlehem. I will be his father. He will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. So Jesus, we discover, now as all man and all God, we discover that God commanded the angels to worship Jesus. In speaking to the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. Oh, we need to stop. God the Father, is referring to Jesus as God. That's right. The Father in heaven considers Jesus to be fully God. Righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Jesus has been anointed with the wonderful gift of joy. 
He succeeded in the deliverance of his children at the cross. And God, your God, so God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all involved in this salvation process. Now, please just forget about the the conundrum that you've created for yourself and take the word of God as it is given. In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth. This is Jesus preexistent. He laid the foundations of the earth and he and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment that will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Mr. Devil, you're going to be a footstool at the the place where Jesus places his feet on you, meaning you are totally subjected to Jesus, fully God, fully man, crucified and resurrected on the third day. Now, chapter 2 of Hebrews tells us more about what our relationship is with Jesus. Now, I'm going to go through this second chapter because there are some people who have very foolishly taken a portion of this scripture and totally misinterpreted what it's saying. Yes, Jesus is our elder brother because we have been brought into the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. But he is not our elder brother in the sense that he is not fully God, King of kings, and Lord of lords. And he's overwhelmed with joy at what he's doing. Why? Because he is now redeeming his people. He paid the price, and he is now redeeming his people. He is rescuing his people by the blood he shed on Calvary's tree. Jesus' full-time job is in the heavenlies. And there he is directing the salvation of his children. Hebrews 2, verse 1. We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we don't drift away. For in the message spoken by angels... If it was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who who heard him. God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. It's not 
angels that he has subjected the world to come to. There's a place where it was testified, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels, and you crowned him with glory and honor, and put everything under his feet. In putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. In other words, when Jesus became the Christ, the Messiah, God subjected everything to him as Jesus, as the Christ. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. If you do not agree that Jesus Christ is God, then you cannot be saved. There is no other name under heaven by which we may be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. Don't get on your high horse and think you have some reasonable explanation for Jesus being just your brother, an example. That's simply not true. It's not what the scriptures say. In bringing many sons to glory, verse 10, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect through suffering, both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here I am and the children God has given me. I mean, this is so exciting. God has literally, the ruling God of the universe, has come and died for us on human soil. We've been included in his family. And that inclusion in his family by the blood Jesus shed has caused Jesus to have great joy in his heart. Verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And you can say, oh, I'm not afraid of death. Wait till you hit the hot fire of hell and tell me you're not afraid of death. I'm terrified of death, and you should be too. Jesus has said, I've offered you a way out.
some of you have been deceived by the devil. Some of you think that it's by how you do things. It's by works. I grew up in a works church. I understand that. Their illustration was one or is faith and one or works. To dress a certain way, you have to act a certain way, you have to do this and you have to do that. Nonsense. I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ alone. And then the blood transforms me into a new creature. And I live a new life. And it's a life of joy and peace. But some of you have gone the way of the devil. Verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil. Now, why are you holding on to this life of unbelief and pain and anguish? Why are you holding on to this belief that Jesus is powerless and you can't can't be saved through him? You have to do all these wonderful works. Why are you holding on to that? Verse 16, for surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might, and my my translation, NIV says, might make atonement for the sins of the people. That's not translated very well. Let me give you a better translation. That he might be the atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus Christ did not do an atonement. Jesus Christ is the atonement. He opened the door of eternity for you by shedding his blood on Calvary. He himself suffered when he was tempted. He's able to help those who are being tempted. Therefore, chapter 3, verse 1, Therefore, holy brothers, Only one way you can be holy. The blood of Jesus Christ washes your sins away. You're part of the family. Look at John, the first chapter, the gospel of John, the first chapter. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's house. 
So the Holy Spirit says. Verse 8. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years saw what I did. And that is why I was angry with that generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray. They have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. You cannot enter the rest of God if you deny that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you deny that Jesus Christ is fully God, fully man, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of all things that are, if you deny this Jesus his rightful place, authority, and power in atonement, you cannot be saved. You're hell-bound. Oh, you may have all of your all of your rules, all of your regulations. But you're held out. I was raised in a very legalistic church. Couldn't dance. Couldn't go to the movies. You couldn't do this and that. A whole list of do's and don'ts. And they thought that would save them. It didn't. Do I go to the movies? No. Why? Do I have a rule against it? No. Then why? Because I don't choose to go to the garbage can for my food. I have much better food that my wife prepares for me. Do I go to dance? No. Why? Because it awakens in me the old nature of the lustful heart. And I don't want that old nature reignited in my being. I want to be one with Jesus Christ. It's not a matter of law. I can't earn my salvation. It is a free gift from Jesus Christ. If I dress modestly because it's a law in my church, will that save me? No. No. If I dress modestly, I am dressing so as to not show off my flesh, but instead lift up Jesus Christ as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I don't do it to get saved. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You cannot trust in your own flesh and expect to be saved. There's only one way. That's through this man, 
who is fully God from eternity. King of kings and Lord of lords, trusting your entire being into his hands. That's where salvation is found. It's not found in doing good. It's found in his blood. Now, I want to go to the book of Revelation. And I want to share this. This morning, I was in quite a bit of pain. And I was saying, Lord, how can I do a broadcast today? And he told me, go to Revelation 19 and just read it. So I'm going to do that for you. And I tell you, as I read Revelation 19, my heart just leapt in joy at who Jesus is. Chapter 19, verse 1. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of all his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. Chapter 19 follows chapter 18, of course, and chapter 18 is where Babylon is destroyed and the mighty God of heaven exerts his authority over this wicked, wicked woman. who has taken the lives of many of his people. Now understand, the people here who are shouting hallelujah are most likely men and women who have been persecuted and executed, murdered by this prostitute that Jesus has now just dropped the bomb on. But they're in another place. See, the joy of Jesus Christ is, yes, living a joyful life now, overcoming sin by the power of his name and the power of his blood, being transformed, being made into new creatures. But it's also on the other side, where for eternity we'll shout the praises of this Jesus. If you don't believe that Jesus is truly God, Who will you shout your praises to? Oh, I'll tell you, you won't be there. (laughs) You will not be in heaven if you do not believe that Jesus is fully God, fully man. If you don't believe in his pre-existent condition where he created the heavens and the earth, if you don't believe God's plan for your salvation, your salvation will be null and void on arrival. Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. 
For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute. I believe that's America. We won't go into that now, but I believe that is America. Who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. Oh, she is burning. She is being utterly, totally destroyed. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried out, Amen. Hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him both small and great. And then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the the roar of rushing waters and loud peals of thunder. They were shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Who's the bride? Those people who believe that Jesus is in fact the true God of heaven. The bride is made up of the people who believe that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's the bridegroom. You're going to have a tough time being married to Jesus for eternity when you think he's just a an example of how you should live your life. You see the difficulty. This is not an example that we're going to call our brother. This is the one we love. This is the one who made atonement for us. This is the one who made us in the beginning and then bought us back. This is the one that is all-powerful and almighty. This is Jesus Christ. The one whom I love with all my heart. This is, this is Jesus. This is not some created being that God created and was born in Bethlehem. That's insanity. And if you believe that, you will not be married to him. For the wedding of the Lamb has come. Jesus is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. He's the one who was crucified. Buried. 
and on the third day resurrected. His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And Revelation says the fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. In other words, we will be righteous. No unrighteous person will enter in the pearly gates. No unrighteous person will be wed to Jesus Christ. He's not going to be wed to a wicked man or woman. He is wed to the saints who have the victory over all sin, who've been totally washed before they died. In this life, they've been totally washed by the blood of the Lamb. They have endured very difficult trials, as I'm undergoing now with a broken hip. There are trials we go through, but those trials... That suffering opens our eyes to the true concern of Jesus for our wicked hearts. And as we surrender and are washed in his blood, all things become joyful. Then the angel said to me, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Do not do it. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. That is, Jesus knows everything about the future. And he has chosen you as his bride because you have made yourself clean. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many, many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He's dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. This is the final dealings with Satan and the wicked of this earth. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty on his robe and on his thigh. He has this name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. If you don't believe that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, 
You do not believe the scriptures. And you will not belong to the family of God. You can make an imitation family. You can call yourself followers of Jesus. But you are in fact wicked and condemned to die in the fires of hell. Pay attention. Hear my words to you. The scripture describes Jesus as riding on a horse, a white horse in judgment with the armies of heaven. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has written this name, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Jesus is my King. Jesus is my Lord. He paid the price at Calvary. And he now is willing, by his blood, to wash you clean. Don't try to ride a fence. Don't try to play games with him. Choose this day. Oh, my brother. On one side, I weep over those who reject the truth of Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. And on the other side, my heart is so filled with joy because he is that to me. He is my king. He is my Lord. What do I say to you? Is Jesus your King of kings and Lord of lords? Have you been deceived about Jesus? Have you believed that Jesus was not pre-existent before he was born as Jesus? Have you been deceived into thinking that Jesus is just your elder brother, an example of how you should live, but has no saving power in his blood? Have you been deceived Have you tried in your own strength to be righteous? How's that worked out for you? I know it hasn't worked out for you at all. It's made you miserable. And then you found ways to cut in and create your own reality. Oh, my brother, my sister. I wasn't going to read this to you. But I need to. And I have time. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband, and I heard a loud voice from the throne room saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, 
and he will live with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all of this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murders, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. And this is the second death. Wow. This is what we have to look forward to with Jesus, who is our God. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Mighty, mighty is his name. Is your heart filled with joy as mine is? You see why when it was a little tough this morning, the Lord sent me to Revelation. And I began to read this 19th chapter. Hallelujah. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. Thank you for listening today to Pilgrim's Progress. I hope. These issues that I've addressed are clear in your heart and that you have not been deceived by false people, false teaching, false preaching. I pray you will hear the word of God for what it says and for what it is. And I pray your heart is filled with joy. You may have pain in your body. I do. But my heart is filled with joy. I know who my Jesus is, and I know who is going to heal me. And I'm waiting upon the Lord. That's what he told me to do. Wait upon the Lord. Okay, I'm waiting. And he's coming. I've known 
I've never known Jesus to stand up someone who's waiting on him. He is true, and he is faithful. He is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do. Well, let's pray. Lord, I come rejoicing in you today. Your kindness and your mercy to me have been overwhelming. I thank you, Lord, for what you have spoken into my heart. I thank you, Jesus, that you are my Lord, my Savior, knowing that there is no other Savior, that you alone are my healer. You alone are the creator God of heaven and earth. And no matter what the difficulty is today that we may face in physical pain, mental upset, shortage of money, Lord, no matter what the pain is that's going on in our lives, you have it covered. You've surrounded us with your love, with your praise, with your glory. Lord, I trust you. I trust who you are and what you say because your words do have meaning. You're not one who says one thing and then does another. So, Lord, I wait patiently for your healing. I pray for those today who are facing very difficult times. I know that you are the source of comfort and joy. I know that's why my heart is filled with joy today. I thank you, Jesus. I praise and honor and glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. My attention is fully on you, Jesus. You are my apostle. You are my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. If today's message has struck your heart, I invite you to come on Sunday. I invite you to come, whatever the inconvenience, if you're in the Washington metro area. You'll find a humble, small group of people in a home church that will just love you. So come. I also want to invite you to give. We've had a shortage of funds. I don't know why, but it's okay. It's July, right? Oh, and my birthday, by the way, is July 15. And Twilus is today. So we woke up laughing and talking and rejoicing that for one day we can be the same age. You can write to me, by the way, Pastor Ray Greenley. National Prayer Chapel, 
Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That address again, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to our webpage, and you can give online, National prayerchapel.com nationalprayerchapel.com Now I pray the joy of Jesus is in your heart and that nothing is going to be able to steal that out of your heart or steal it away from your heart Rejoice brother sister no matter what your no matter what your circumstances are today Rejoice in Jesus Christ He is on the throne. He is King of kings. He is Lord of lords. And his shed blood washes you clean. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Oh